0: It all started when I I met this French guy. I am Colombian, and uh, we had a long-distance relationship for a while. We fell in love, and then we decided that we wanted to be together, so we got married. We were thinking, like, okay, maybe uh, I can move to France, or he can come with me and live in my country, because at the time, I had a good job in my country, and I had a, a good salary.
1: This is Maria. Maria was a business professional in Colombia when she met her husband, who lived in France. After they got married, the couple decided to reside in France. So Maria packed her bags and headed to Europe to be with her husband. Once she got settled, she started job searching.
0: So I was like, yeah, I need to find a job here. So I started looking. And then I came across this job post that I consider like the first red flag. I know it sounds crazy, but when I read it, it sounded way too good. Like at that point, I already—I mean, I read—I read a lot of uh, other job posts, and this one was like way too amazing. You know, I—I—I I, I don't know. I didn't saw that before. And then I went and I looked for information about the company, and I was not able to find any. I mean, I did. I found uh, their LinkedIn profile, and besides that, I—I I didn't find much. And I was like, well, okay. So, and I found that weird. And now that I look back, I think that was the first red flag.
1: The first red flag of many more to come. Maria was new to France, and she was anxious to lay down her roots in a new country and continue the career she started in Colombia. Although this job posting seemed too good to be true, Maria was hopeful and eager to get the ball rolling. Little did she realize it was going to roll into a highly toxic work environment with a verbally and mentally abusive owner. My name's Carly, and this is Toxic Workplace, a podcast that gives a platform for people to share their stories of working in a destructive environment. I spent the first seven years of my career within a toxic workplace, and let me tell you, it kills your spirit. This podcast is here to expose what goes wrong in these companies, and hopefully, it'll spark a change to make it right. In this episode, we'll hear from Maria, who was deceived into a promising position of growth and opportunity, only to find herself with a boss who's manipulative, degrading, and whose behavior is completely unpredictable.
0: Anyway, I applied, because again, it was like, it's way too good, but maybe it is true, so let's, let's do it. My boss, he contacted me maybe a week after and he said, yeah, would you like to come for an interview? And I said, yeah, of course. I went there and I think that was the second red flag, the interview itself. First, he was 40 minutes late, but I i was justifying like everything that, I, that it was wrong. I was justifying it in my mind like, no, there must be a reason for this. There must be a reason for the other thing. And I'm like lucky to be here and lucky that someone... You know, like with no experience in France, it's like, you know, reaching out to me and like giving me the opportunity to even come here. He came. We had the interview. It went on for about two hours and a half where I talked for like 30 minutes and he talked for the other two hours. Uh, he asked me very standard questions that anyone will ask in an interview. And then the rest was just came talking about the company and talking about how he Uh, build the company and uh, how big it was and how amazing it was and then he described the job that I was going to do here as if it was this crazy and amazing and incredible job which again I was like I mean I think it's way too much like I know I mean I'm a seller like I know what it's like to sell things and I know what it's like for example to go in a business trip and I know it, it is great of course because you know new places but it's not that easy I mean I know you have to work really hard but he was like not even talking about the work that I was going to do if I travel he was talking just about like the experience of, be, of being somewhere and like taking a plane like many things that I was like I felt like he was talking to me
1: as if I was stupid like if I didn't even knew what 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 working was I don't know Maria says even from the very beginning, she had a gut feeling that this guy was painting a picture of a company that was too good to be true. In her internet searches, she found the bare minimum on this company. So when the owner was talking about jet-setting off to clients and other flashy things about the company, Maria was hesitant to believe him. But she thought maybe he was just embellishing the truth a little bit. Maybe there were some redeeming qualities about this position that would be good for her career. Besides, she was new to a foreign country and wanted so badly for her career to take off. This seemed to be worth the risk.
0: Another tiny red flag that I noticed in the interview is that he said, like, um, do you want to have children? Because, like, you're really young and you just married. And I said, uh, well, yes, I mean, I would love to. Not, it's not the moment. But he said, like, no, in this company, we love pregnant women because they are really loyal, like they will never leave. And I remember he would say, like, if you want to work here, like, you will have to stay here for a very long time. We love loyal people, like people that don't quit.
1: First off, we all know you're not supposed to ask a woman about pregnancy during an interview. I looked it up, and France also has laws against asking women about pregnancy. Maria's future boss took it one step further and comments that the company prefers pregnant women because they are loyal and they won't leave. Knowing how the story unfolds, I can see why he prefers pregnant women because there's a sense of vulnerability when you're pregnant and being a master manipulator, this guy likes an easy target. He also says he wants someone loyal, which plants the seed for Maria to feel that she must prove her loyalty to be accepted by this company. These are all microaggressions that are so easy to overlook when a new job is on the table. The position Maria was applying for was junior key account manager, which she thought would be a great resume builder.
0: That was on a Thursday, I think. And then he said, I will have a board meeting on Monday and I will let you know on Tuesday, next week, and I said, Okay. And then uh next week he uh he didn't call me on Tuesday, he didn't call me on Wednesday, he didn't call me a week, and then two weeks passed, I tried to call and he didn't answer. And like I said, okay, well maybe I I, I was not chosen for this role. And then about one month after he called me again. And he said, Oh hey, are you still interested? We are still looking for someone. I said Oh, yeah, sure. Because at the point I was still applying, but I, I didn't have any call or anything. So I said, yeah, sure. And he said, um, but, you know, we were thinking and the thing is that you have no experience here. You don't really speak the language and like we don't believe that it's going to be easy for you. You don't know the industry. So we cannot give you like the junior key account manager position, but uh, you can be a sales assistant. And I said, look, I do think that I have enough experience for the job. He was looking for someone who knew the market. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a Latina. I speak the language. I know sales. So, like, I can do that for sure. But actually, you are right. I don't know the industry. So it would be better for me to, you know, to start lower, like, understand the company and the industry and then grow up. And he said, like, yeah, for sure, like, in uh, six months, you can be junior key account manager and you you will have like a better salary and you will and I I was like at that point it made sense. I was like, yeah well actually I mean yeah, why not? So he said, okay, we will send you a proposal in terms of salary. So they did. And it was already like less than a half of what he posted on the on the post, like on the initial post. And I said, Well it makes sense because I'm not going to be this position anymore. I'm going to be an assistant. So I mean, it's okay. And I talked to my husband and he said, yeah, it's. I mean, to start, it's fine. So
1: I said, yes. <laughs> Maria says the entire interview was conducted in English and that in her initial interview, her boss told her that almost everyone in the company spoke fluent English and that it wouldn't be a problem that she didn't speak French. So when he told her that the reason she was being offered a lower starting position was because she didn't know French, she was a little confused. But quickly reasoned that starting as an assistant sales associate would be acceptable, even though it was a step backwards from the level she had at her previous job. She figured she could spend the next six months learning the ways of the company before diving headfirst into an account manager position.
0: So, at the beginning, um, to go there, it will take me about two and a half hours to get there every day by train. It will have around five hours per day in the train. But I was like, it's okay. Like I got this. I I don't mind. Like I don't I don't care. Like I'm. I was highly motivated. And I was really happy to have a job, you know, here in France. And uh, I was like, I don't care. And also, I come from a tropical country, and it was the first winter that I went through. And that, to me, that was like extremely hard. So it's a it's a beautiful experience. I remember. But like I mean, I started at nine a.m. And when you have to leave at six a.m. in the morning to Make sure that you ha- you're going to be there on time because here trains, they work really well. But when they don't, there were days where it took me about three hours to get there. Anyway, the, the first day came. <laughs> I got there. I went to the offices. And I remember he was very on the interview. He said that the company was huge and that they had many employees. And when I got there, there was only one uh, seller and you know like one of my coworkers like one of of one guy part of the of the sales team and i remember there was nothing ready for me like there wasn't they, they were not even sure like where i was going to sit nothing so that first day was like i i didn't really do anything the next day they had a computer for me but the computer was blocked or something and i remember the same guy like the same coworker that oh today I'm going to be your IT guy and I was like oh really where is it like where is the IT guy and he was like oh no that was a joke like we don't have an IT guy and I was like okay and uh so I said like someone from uh, human resources then and he said uh oh no like we don't have that either <laughs> and I was like what like but he talks about this huge company, so where where is all the people, you know? Like, in at the office, we were, I mean, besides him, of course, there were other people, but, like, in total, I counted, like, 20, and, and I was like, where are the rest? But I was like, okay, it doesn't matter, like, I, I come here to my job. Then, that same week, I met this other guy, like, I was going to be his assistant, but the boss, he was going to, still be my boss so I was going to have like two buses. but this guy he was also under the big bus and then that the, the first week was fine and then the second week I saw the owner like he came to say hello he came to bring some things that I was missing like keyword to write on the computer and there I started noticing how he he acts around people and the kind of jokes that he makes. and I started realizing like his real personality So I remember the first joke he ever said to me was like, oh, how are you feeling with this new guy with the assistant uh, manager? And I said, well, he's uh, pretty fine. And he said, well, I have a story about him. And I said, oh, really? What is it? And he said, "Uh, do you know uh, those women who sell their body for sex? And I was like, "Um, like, you mean a prostitute? And he said, yeah, well, his mom is that. And I was like, uh, you know, he was saying like he he's a son of a bitch, and I didn't understand. I mean, I understood, but I was like, uh, and then he laughed, and he was like, "Ha ha, you're not funny at all," and I was like, "Okay." Um, so from then, I I started realizing that that's the kind of jokes that he makes all the time, and that's like nothing. That is like level zero of level one hundred, where he will go really far.
1: Within the first few weeks, Maria was realizing that the picture her boss had initially painted wasn't accurate. He made it seem like she was joining a large company with many people and departments, and they didn't even have a designated IT or HR person. On top of lying about the size and prestige of the company, he was also arrogantly disrespectful towards the people who worked for him. Maria would quickly see a new side to her boss, and his behavior would change with the flip of a switch and was always unexpected.
0: So, okay, well, that was the first week. Then the second week, uh, he came, and he was really angry, and that's the first time I saw him, like, really being rude and really being like kind of destructive. So he came and he asked this manager for something. And I don't know, I think he gave him the wrong answer. I don't know what happened. And he was like, what the fuck is that? You know, like in a very rude way in French. And he will like hit the walls. He will hit the tables. I mean, in a very, like very angry, yelling like crazy. And I remember thinking, okay, it's the second week. Maybe he's just trying me. Maybe he's, this is just a test to see how I react to this kind of behavior. And of course I was shocked, but I I am always really calm. Uh, But I was shocked, I was like, I've never seen anyone screaming like that. Like you could hear him coming and screaming from the hallway to here, hitting the walls, hitting tables, like hitting whatever he had closed, uh, saying like, this is not the way I want this to be done. Like, I don't like this, like you shouldn't be. Just insane, like acting crazy.
1: This would be the first of many times her boss would walk around yelling and raging and banging his fists against whatever he could find. Maria says anything would trigger an outburst and most of the time, no one really knew why he was angry. She was put off by his raging behavior, to say the least, but she remained calm and reassured herself he was probably having a bad week or something. Her boss had told her that there was an opportunity for her specifically in the South American market, where the company already had several clients. Since Maria had experience working in South America, she knew she was the perfect fit for this position. But soon after she was hired, another associate with less experience was hired on to focus on the South American market.
0: A new guy came. His position was junior key account manager for South America, like the position that I was supposed to have, I was like, I mean, I, I was supposed to do what you are doing. I mean, it was going to take me a little bit more time because I'm an assistant now, but I was supposed to grow into your position. But why are you here? Like, I don't understand. But this guy, he was really nice anyway. When I applied for this, he was, I was supposed to be the only one. So, you know, like we, we were kind of lost. We actually became good friends because we started going through the same process of him screaming and understanding what it was like to work here in this company. The thing is that this guy, he stayed here for like a month and a half. And a month and a half after he said, this is horrible. Like this company is horrible. I'm leaving. He quit. He said, you should do the same. Like I cannot stand the owner. I cannot stand anybody here. Like this is not what I... Sign up for, like, this is horrible. And he quit. And I was like, please don't leave me here with these crazy people. And and you're like, no, you should do the same. But, you know, I was like, I cannot do that. You know, like, he gave me an opportunity. Like, I have an opportunity here. I cannot just quit. You know, I know it's horrible, but I'm sure it will get better. Like, I'm sure in six months, I will be as he promised and it will be fine. So, yeah, he left and the months passed and I was feeling really, really bad because again like I was tired physically tired because of the five hours I told you about like taking the train going there and come back and I was like mentally exhausted of hearing him screaming every day doing something and he yelling at me that I didn't do it the right way even though his instructions were never clear I was really scared to I don't know like to work in general like I was never I never felt safe because I knew that at any point he will come and he will break something, he will scream, he will say whatever. And the worst thing is that he will act crazy and then the next day he will be completely fine. He will come and he will say hello to you like nothing ever happened. Dude, like you came yesterday, you screamed at me, you said that I was, that what I did was shit and that I am a shit. And then today you come and you act like nothing happened. So I just, I don't understand, like, I really don't understand this behavior.
1: The situation Maria found herself in was quite challenging. On one side, she was new to a foreign country and didn't speak fluent French, so she felt a lot of gratitude for this opportunity, which came with many hurdles to jump over. Her dedication to this opportunity is impressive. She took a train which took two hours one way, which meant some nights she wouldn't get home until 9.30 at night, where she would go to sleep and wake up to do it all over again. This went on for months, and it took a toll on her mental and physical well-being.
0: It's hard, I remember crying like all the afternoons, but I was like, no, I, I have to stay. And um, I, on my mind, I was always like, things are getting better, I'm sure it will be better. You know, after maybe three months and after, you know, understanding how the system works, like the system that we use for the orders and understanding all the internal process, he was like, you should start contacting clients for real. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like, that's what I I was here for. And I would love to do that. But he said, you have to validate each email that you send to me first. Like, I have to check every email that you send. And I was like, uh what I mean to me that was like a slap on my face because I mean I have experience selling like I know how to send one email like he doesn't like you don't have to check everything I I mean every single email that I sent he was like no everybody goes through the same process or like every email that you send you have to like send it to me through like our system and I will check I will validate and then you can send it. I was like, okay, well, I will do that. But the thing is that if you start calling clients, you normally, you call. And then when you finish, you're like, okay, I will send you an email to follow up with you and then, and." Then, but I had to validate those emails first. No trust. He has no trust over anyone. I think because he's a liar himself. So I remember I started calling clients, but then, I don't know, maybe one client said, okay, can you send me a catalog of your products? Or can you send me, I don't know, this information or the other, and I will be like, Okay, yes. So I will sit, write the email, send it to him first, and then wait for his validation to send it to the client. And the validation process will take days. So imagine a client that said, like, Please send me this. I said, Okay. And then him taking three or four days to answer that I could send the information back. I mean, you are trying to grow this market, you are trying to get all these clients, but like, you're not even helping in the process. I mean, you're, you're interrupting the process. You don't even trust me to send one email. You know, it's, it's just insane.
1: Maria's boss wanted complete control over her every move, which stifled efficiencies and ultimately set her up for failure to progress in her position. No one can grow and develop if their every move is monitored. This is micromanagement at the extreme. Unfortunately, her boss's intentions weren't really to move her up to the position she was initially promised.
0: We had something that is called sales meeting every two weeks, and then the sales meeting he will be like, I, I mean, in the first sales meeting was uh, when he said like, okay, you will have to start uh, contacting clients, and then I, I did, but I had to go through a validation process, and then the next sales meeting he was like, okay, where are the results? Like, where are the clients? Where are the orders? And I'm like, but wait, I am. Trying to do it, but you're validating everything. And he's like, Oh, because for him, everything is an excuse. And he's like, Oh, you're just making up excuses. Like, you're just making up excuses because you're doing a horrible job. You're really bad at what you're doing. What you're doing is bullshit. What you're even saying is just bullshit. And I'm like, What? What are you saying? Like, you are asking me to follow a process and then I'm doing that, but I'm not getting the results because I'm really slow. And then it's my fault. And then you are saying that I'm not getting results because I'm making up excuses. I don't understand what you mean. He changes his speech all the time. Like one day he will say one thing and then the next day, if it doesn't work out the way he want it, even if it's okay, he will lose his mind and he will say, no, I didn't said that. Like, no, it's not okay. Like, no, you have to follow the process. He loves saying like, you have to follow the process. And we do have many processes. but sometimes there are no process for things. And he will be like, you have to follow the process. And he's like, but that is not even in a process. What are you talking about? He just, I don't know. And I went on for for months with that, like with that behavior, like trying to cope with everything. So I remember like just before the, the six months, we had a meeting to review our performance and our goals. That was the meeting that was supposed to promote me. To the, to the job that I wanted, like, initially. And then in this meeting, I remember the first thing was, like, okay, uh, tell me about your experience so far. Like, what do you think so far? And I was about to start because I always talk to him in English, and I was about to start, and he said, no, in French. And I was, like, uh, but you know I'm not very uh, fluent in French. Like, I can tell you everything in, in English, no problem. He was, like, no, it has to be in French. And I was, like, uh but why like I always talk to you in in English like it's fine and he said no it has to be in French and I was like but so you you don't want me to speak like you really don't want me to speak and he went on and that was like a second interview like it went on for like two hours where he talked and he talked and he talked he basically said that I was not ready that I did not give any result and I was like but it's because of you like it's because you're not even letting me send emails without your validation
1: This is a classic case of gaslighting. Her boss is telling her to do one thing, she does it, and then he comes back only to tell her she was doing it wrong or that her work is garbage. He doesn't actually know what he wants, but that's besides the point. His tactic is to be convoluted and to set Maria up for failure so that he can then devalue her and post the blame to her mistakes. Unfortunately, Maria would soon find out that he didn't actually intend to make her a key account manager, and the way he did this is appalling. Maria literally couldn't win.
0: We had like a tiny after-work party where we had some comedians, and we had food, and we invited clients over, and that day he was like really happy with everyone, you know, acting, acting like I'm the super nicest guy ever, and... I remember we were talking with another colleague. He said, like, oh yeah, that bitch is pregnant. And, um, I, I, I didn't, I was like, who are you talking about? And then he left. And then I asked my colleague, like, who is he talking about? And he was talking about the wife of one of designer manager and which is a guy who has been with him, like, for a very long time, who has been working with him for a while. And I was like, how can you call like, <laughs> a pregnant woman a bitch and say, like, oh, this bitch is pregnant to the wife of someone that you work with and that you are supposed to care about, like, he's your employee and like, you shouldn't be
1: making those kind of comments. Maria's boss has no integrity. He doesn't value the hard work Maria is putting in day after day, but it's clear that he doesn't value any of his employees. The way he talks about them in front of their coworkers and other people is degrading and highly insulting. He's a total bully and he rules with fear. Walking around in a rage through the office halls is a surefire way to keep people from confronting his actions and his words. The insults are constant to the point of harassment. If this guy was a manager at a company of decency, his ass would be fired
0: with that story comes like all the jokes that he did to me about you know coming from colombia he will call me cocaine he will come to the and scream cocaine cocaine and being like extremely inappropriate about like oh but like when when you arrived to france like did you have like one kilo with you with kilos with you and i am like but what are you like what are you saying he will say also that like women from colombia and like from latin america are quite hot but then he will say like oh no but, but like I don't know mention in another country like oh no in Bolivia they are like really hairy like their pussies hairy you know things like that to that level which brings me to another story that was quite recently uh he came to the office I was alone that day in the office uh he came, he knocked the door and he was like super happy that day he was like hey how are you what you're doing? I was like um oh, here just working and that was a Friday and he said uh I need your husband's number phone number and I said uh why and he said because I need to call him and say to him that he needs to fuck you hard this weekend so you can perform better I was speechless I was like you know like when that that interest to your brain like what do you say like what do you answer so I just sit there and stare at him like saying nothing and I think he felt really uncomfortable but I was like how can he I mean, I don't, I I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how can, how is he able to say those kind of things.
1: I can't even imagine a boss coming up to me and speaking in such an insulting and derogatory way. That is complete violation and straight up sexual harassment. I love how Maria didn't give him a reaction. Silence to insults is the best way to shut them down. But Maria wasn't isolated in this incident. Her boss treated other women and the company the same way. I-, I thought that he was only against me. And
0: he's not. He is highly inappropriate to everybody, especially women. He will say these horrible comments to all of them. Actually, yesterday they were telling me their stories and like their comments about what he said to them. And I was like, I can't believe this. And then he will go on and say, oh no, our company is feminist because we hire many girls and because we love women here. He will just play. Such a nice guy.
1: He's just horrible. Narcissists will tell you what you want to hear. And this guy preys on women who are hardworking, who he perceives to be vulnerable and unsure of their power. Pretending to be an advocate for women is just lip service to make women feel as though there's an opportunity here. And this can be done in other ways as well. For instance, a company that's run by controlling men will promote women to big, fancy titles, but they won't actually have any weight in the decision-making, and they definitely won't have a say at the roundtable.
0: Something that I also forgot to mention is that he loves the word weight. Whenever he refers to uh, getting a new client or prospecting uh, new clients and everything, he's like, Okay, we will go and rape them. Like, we will go and open his ass and we will rape them and rape. And, like, that's a word that he frequently used. It's just, it's disgusting. It's really disgusting. And then the next day, everything will be fine, you know? So it's just horrible. Like, I never, ever, ever thought that I could, like, encounter a place, a workplace like this.
1: The words that come out of this man's mouth are disgusting. The way he talks to women is degrading. If he is this openly arrogant and demeaning towards women in public, it makes you wonder what he's like behind closed doors. Maria says he has a wife and three daughters. One would think after having daughters, he would have more dignity in the way he treats women. This guy,
0: he has three daughters. Like, we wonder how life for these girls are. Like, we don't know if they live with him or with the mother, but... You know, I wonder, like, if he is able to treat women like he treat us at work. How is it like with his daughter? Does he realize that maybe one day someone could treat them as the way he treat us? One of my colleagues was saying, like, you know, I sense he has this aura around him, and he's like dark, filled with cockroaches. It's just horrible. He he doesn't he doesn't have like good energy around him. It's just it's really really bad.
1: Maria is fully aware that she's working in a toxic and abusive environment. I asked her what she has learned by working for this company. She says she's more aware that manipulative people exist and how they function and how to listen to her gut instincts. Every single day I'm like, even
0: if this experience has been horrible and is still horrible and I don't know for how long it's going to be horrible, I have learned so much. I have learned so much about these kind of people I have learned to read the signs maybe like if I knew like if I had heard the voice in the back of my head when I had the interview with him the first time and if I had read the signs better you know the story will be completely different so even if this has been horrible I yes I have learned so much and I'm sure that in the future if I come across someone like this I will I, I will know what to do in my life I have been quite lucky to find job opportunities like this for example this job opportunity even if it's horrible it came really fast to me I arrived in France last year in October and I started working in January this year it took me only three months and I had a job like I had another job so I'm sure something will come like I'm sure something better will come and also another thing is that before in, in this other job that I had I was way too good and way too happy and maybe I was way too comfortable you know and this job Took me out of my comfort zone and and has taught me so much about living here in France and dealing with this kind of horrible behavior. That I'm I'm ready to take everything. I feel like the next job that I have, if I have a a boss like this, I will know how to handle it. I hope not, but I will know how to handle every situation. I will know how to handle dirty jokes and, and awful comments and misleading
1: mis- instructions and, and and things like that. Getting out of a comfort zone is the only way to grow and change. It takes commitment to optimism and purity of heart to drive through the dark challenges that spring up unexpectedly. Maria has kept a positive mindset despite all the verbal trauma and manipulation she's encountered during her time at this company. She's resilient. She hasn't let this toxicity spoil her spirit and trusts that the next move in her career is just around the corner. Maria is currently job hunting. She's not worried about finding a new job because she knows the right one will find her. But in the chance that someone out there is looking to hire a remote employee with sales experience and is fluent in English and Spanish, send me an email and I can put you in touch. Hopefully, our podcast will have her back soon for her to share a new beginning at a positive workplace. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do you have a story you'd like to share on our show? Go to toxicworkplacepodcast.com and click on Be a Guest. Fill out the submission information and we'll be in contact. Your story will be told anonymously. All names are changed to protect the privacy of the company and its employees. We look forward to hearing from you.